Do you love Batman? Do you love Frasier? Do you love Seinfeld? Do you love Dr. Seuss? Do you love James Bond? Do you love Captain America? Oh, hell, do you just love everything that's nerd-related? I know I do. Well, you should come on over to a Nerds World podcast and listen to us, Justin and Andrew, talk everything that's nerd. Yeah, every two weeks, we delve into some random topic that we choose at the end of each episode, and we tell you the whole history of it, or as much as we feel the need to write down, our history of it, and our favorite things about it. So come on over to a Nerds World, wherever you listen to podcasts. everyone to pod and gore your one-stop shop for everything horror now here's your host justin and brandon take it away boys hello everybody and welcome to pod and gore your one-stop shop for all things horror Mm. um i'm one of your hosts i'm brandon i'm your other host i'm justin I'm fumbling over here, man. Oh, well, I'm there's a lot to it. It's on. fine. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> so if you're ready to climb down that high horse, we can get this going. I um, <laughs> yeah. So this uh, this episode, we're covering American Horror Story Murder House um, season one. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, going almost 10 years now. Well, they, the last one, I believe, was season 10. Uh, no, but, last um, 1984 was season nine, I think. The next nine, one is ten. Okay. Pretty sure. Correct. That does come after nine. Okay. Um, See, and so... okay, I don't know if you have this in your notes, but I remember when this came out, it was just American Horror Story. But now yeah, but... it's referred to as Murder House, and then after this one, each one was titled, like in mm-hmm. the title. Yeah. It, well, even looking at like the the original cover where it has um or a promotional poster if you will mm-hmm. it had vivian laying in a red room on the yeah. ground with the weather man um, visible yeah visibly pregnant and then him coming down from the ceiling and it just says american horror story yeah. i'm pretty sure that's the, if i'm thinking of the same poster that's the cover for the first season dvds yeah i'm pretty sure it is um so without further ado we'll go ahead and dive into this um it's there's not a whole lot to cover given that it's a tv show and um, they had the idea they made the idea and now we watch the idea exactly and it's been long it's been like we said almost 10 years now um but there's more we're gonna we're gonna try to talk a a little bit more about the episodes Mm -hmm. um uh, there's almost more to talk about with the cast than there is anything else. And so we'll go ahead and dive in. Um, so American Horror Story uh, Murder House, originally titled, uh, titled American Horror Story, is the first season of the FX horror anthology television series, American Horror Story, um, created by Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk. It aired between October 5th and December 21st of 2011. The season was produced by 20th Century Fox, and the executive produ- producers were Dante DiLoretto uh, and series creators Murphy and Falchuk. So we're actually coming up on the nine-year anniversary as of almost a week ago. Yeah. By the time this episode drops, it'll have been a week. Um, 
So um, it centers around the Harmon family, Dr. Ben Harmon, Vivian, and their daughter Violet, who um, who move from Boston to Los Angeles after Vivian has a miscarriage and Ben has an affair. They move into a restored mansion, unaware that the house is haunted by the ghosts of its former residents and their victims. The first season of American Horror Story received generally positive reviews from critics. The series drew consistently high ratings for the FX network, ending its first season as the biggest new cable series of the year. Hmm. The series uh, was nominated for various industry awards, including the Golden Globe Award for Best Television Series Drama, and received a total of 17 Emmy Award nominations. In addition, uh, Lang, Jessica Lang, won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress, the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Drama Series, and the Primetime Emmy for Outstanding support, uh, Supporting Actress in a Miniseries or Movie. That's, um, that's, that's quite a bit. Yeah. Um... Which makes sense. I mean, she's like one of the bigger names coming into the show, but just like such a storied acting career. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like go into the details, but she's a, uh, she's been doing a lot of good for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cast and characters, because there are quite a, quite a few. Um, so it stars Connie Britton, uh, Dylan McDermott. Evan Peters, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Taysa, 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 Farmiga, Dennis O'Hare, and Jessica Lange. And then it had uh, special guest stars, um, Kate Mara, Zachary Quinto, um, Eric Stone Street, and Charles S. Dutton. And then um, it's it's got a list of recurring characters, but... Um, those are most of the big There's names. Whole... Well, yeah, those are the big names, and then you'll get down into the recurring and like Francis Conroy, who played uh, Moira. She was the maid. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of few other names. Um, this was uh, because when you think about American Horror Story now, Sarah Paulson is kind of like the like one of the first people you think about. Yeah, as being it because she's been in I believe every season. Yep, in some capacity or another. Um, to the point where I almost guess... wonder if uh, the producers of this did Ratchet for Netflix because Sarah Paulson's the main star of that, and it has a very right. similar and feel. I... Have you? Did you? Have you started it already? Did you finish it? Or... I watched the whole thing. It was really good. And then I watched the movie I... One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh... and it is so different. Right. So even though this isn't this isn't. Um about Ratchet. So Ratchet is, a, is an American psychological thriller web television series about the character of the same name from Ken Casey's 1962 novel One Flew, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Nest, created by Evan Romansky and developed by Ryan Murphy. Hmm. So there you go. There it is. Um, yeah. Uh, the series stars Sarah Paulson in the title role and serves as a prequel to the novel. Um, it received a two-series season order two season series order and it uh, debuted almost two months ago. So yeah, Ryan Murphy, that explains it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so before we get into the episodes themselves, uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, the other fun stuff. So 
Uh, creators Murphy and Falchuk began working on American Horror Story before their Fox series Glee began production. Oh, um, Ryan Murphy wanted to do the opposite of what he had done previously and thus began his work on the series. He stated, I went from nip, nip tuck to Glee, so it made sense that I wanted to do something challenging and dark. And I, and I um, always had loved, as Brad had, the horror genre. So it was just natural for me. Falltruck was intrigued by the idea of pulling a different angle up, um, on the horror genre, stating that their main goal is creating the series was to scare viewers. You want people to be a little bit off balance afterwards, he said. The dark tone of the series is modeled after the ABC soap opera Dark Shadows, which Murphy's grandmother forced him to watch when he was younger to toughen him up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he also cited Rosemary's Baby, Don't Look Now, The Amityville Horror, and Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining as influences for the series. I could say um, that. Right. Uh, from the beginning, Murphy and Falchuk planned that um, each season of the series would tell a different story. After the uh, first season finale aired, Murphy spoke of his plans to change the cast and location for the second season while retaining some of the actors from the first. The people that are coming back will be playing completely different characters, creatures, monsters, etc. The Harmons story will be done. In February of 2011, FX officially announced that it had ordered a pilot for a possible series from uh, Ryan Murphy and Brad Pol uh, Falchuk, with both Murphy and Falchuk writing and Murphy directing. Oh, with them writing and um, together and then uh, Murphy directing it. Mm -hmm. uh, Dante DiLoretto was announced as the ex executive producer... Uh, production on the series began in April of 2011. In July of 2011, uh, uh, FX officially announced that the project had been given a series order consisting of 13 episodes. In August of 2011, it was announced that Tim Minear, uh, Jennifer Salt, and James uh, James Wong and Je uh, Jessica Schartzer had joined the series as writers. Um, on October 30th, 2016, Murphy announced that a future crossover season of the series would continue the Murder House and Coven stories, your favorite, merging their characters and themes. He did not, uh, did not state which season it would be, but that it had already reached out to actors from both seasons to reprise their respective roles. Hmm. Murphy later con uh, confirmed one of the Murder House characters will be moved in the season finale of Coven. However, on January 5th, 2018, it was initially uh, announced that the crossover season will be taking place in the ninth season, but on June 14th, 2018, um, the uh, crossover was moved to the eighth season titled Apocalypse. Interesting. I haven't watched uh, that season. Yeah. Apocalypse wasn't bad. It was different. Yeah. Um, it was. I think it was the last season I actually watched all the way through, though. Seeing that's, um, this is one of those shows where it's like I love this first season. It got me hooked, mm -hmm. and then I kind of like season two, season three. I got bored with and fell off, and then I didn't watch it yeah. again until 1984, which I also loved. Mm -hmm. So it's like and there's see, a lot the I haven't too. seen, and it sort of dips and wanes for me. Right. Um. Because, see, that, that's kind of where I was at, except for, um, let me get a, I lost my place here, let me get a list of the seasons. So, what ended up happening, though, was because with, I watched Murder House, 
I didn't care for Asylum. Like I started and I was like, ah, I, I want to say I did go back eventually and finish it, but I, I, I just, it wasn't my favorite. Kind of like how Coven is with you. Um, right. I liked Coven. I liked Freak Show. I liked Hotel. I actually watched Hotel on TV hmm. while it was going. And then Roanoke, I think I watched an episode or two. I couldn't get into it, but I need to go back and finish it anyway. We want um, one of these Cole, days. <laughs> right. With Colt, I, I got halfway through that and then I didn't finish it. I did finish Apocalypse, and then I was trying to watch 1984 on TV as it was going, but then I got behind and I gave up. <laughs> and I yeah, just I watched 1984 back. as it was going on TV. I, you really need to give that one a try. As a slasher I, fan, I, I think know, you'll appreciate it. Right, and I already know 100% that I will enjoy it. I just I haven't gone back to it. We know how I am with TV shows. so True. Um, so... And that was the thing, too, is uh, initially we had put up a, a poll for people to vote. And I do want to thank everybody that did vote. Definitely. Because, I mean, there's a lot of things that we put up and, you know, we put it to you, the listener, to see what it is that you want. We want, you know, we always, you know, crave the feedbacks. But, like, this time around when we got votes, like, we actually got, like, between 20 to 30 people to actually let us know, you know, I want this or I want that. And, um, actually I think it was asylum almost one, but then there was like a late surge of, well, it was between asylum and, uh, 1984. Um, I think asylum had pulled ahead, but then a bunch of people towards the end had commented saying, just, you know, just cover it from season one on. And so that's kind of what we did. I mean, it, it kind of sticks with the vein of how we do things on the show anyway. Yeah, start with um, we the always first cover and then... the original and then branch out. Yeah. And so with this one, we'll definitely do it in order. So the next time we do this, we'll go Asylum mm-hmm. onward. Um, and if you but... ever want to be part of the conversations yourself, you the listener, head on over to Facebook.com and uh, search for Pod and Gore Podcast. And you too could have voted for a little poll here. Yeah, um, what, and we I believe we're we're getting messages again about um, guests and how people could be a part of the show. Mm-hmm. That is the the easiest way as of now until Justin and I can decide on how we can make that work. Because it's not that we don't want to; it's just trying to make it work and have the quality be there and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. don't give up us don't give up on us yet when it comes to the guests. We just we're, uh, I'm not smart and haven't figured out how to do it. Um, so the pilot episode was shot on location in a house in Country Club Park, Los Angeles, which serves as the haunted mansion. Uh, sorry, the haunted house and the crime scene in the series, designed and built in uh, 1902 by Alfred Rosenheim, the president of the American Institute of Architects, Los Angeles. Uh, um, Sorry, American Institute of Architects, Los Angeles chapter, the Tudor or collegiate Gothic style single family home. That's a single family home. Okay. (laughs) Um, Was previously used as a covenant. An adjoining chapel was removed from the exterior shots using CGI. Oh, okay. Uh, The films, I would never have known. I mean, shows you CGI, but... They must have done, uh, have done a real good job of removing it because 
there was nothing about seeing a exterior shot that I was like, oh, you can see that something's not there, or you know what I mean? Yeah, it looked perfect from everything I saw. Yeah, right. Um, so the series is filmed on sets that are an exact exact replica of the house. Details such as Louis Comfort Tiffany stained glass windows and hammered bronze light fixtures were recreated to preserve the look of the house. The house became available for rent on Airbnb for six months beginning February of 2016 before being unlisted. Hmm. Due to a very aggressive... Oh, that would have been kind of cool. Um, off topic as well, um, along that vein there, the um, and you actually sent this to me on Facebook, it was uh, Buffalo Bill's house is for sale. Yeah. Um, from Silence of the Lambs, which is crazy because it's like, what, $300,000? I didn't. I don't remember That's, looking at the price. Because I, I, I watched, I watched the video, and it was talking about. I wanted to say I thought it was three hundred thousand dollars for the house, which is insanely cheap for. Well, I mean, shit. My house was two hundred. Yeah. And my house is small. This. I mean, that it's obviously different markets, but like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, due to a very aggressive production schedule and the series pilot shoot having to wait for co-creators uh, Murphy and Falchuk's other show Glee to wrap up its second season of production it was announced that the show's first season finale the 13th episode would be made 30 minutes shorter than planned finally the 13th episode was dropped and they made the 12th episode 10 minutes longer and it, and it aired on December 21st 2011 which is funny because I mean you think about it like that's just right before Christmas Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm finishing up this horror show leading right into Christmas. Um, the opening title sequence was created by Kyle Cooper and his company Prologue. He also created the title sequence of the AMC series The Walking Dead and the that 1995 film Seven. Yeah, which makes complete sense. <laughs> well, right? uh, to me, the title sequence of this show is probably the creepiest part of the show. Mm-hmm. Like just that scratchy, creaky music alone, just is so unsettling. Every time I watch it, it's almost like okay, I kind of want to turn this down a little bit. Like, it it, <laughs> it probably creeps me out more than the show itself. Right, and that's the one thing too, man. Like, it, like I love it personally, and I wish if there was a way <laughs> that I could get this company to make us an intro for our podcast i'd lose it that would be awesome <laughs> It'd be insane <laughs> right um so where'd we go the theme music was compo- uh, composed by sound designer caesar de villa irizari and musician charlie clauser the sequence is set in the Harmon's basement and includes images of post-mortem young children, unborn or aborted, babies in jars, skulls, a christening dress, a nurse's uniform, and a figure holding a pair of bloody hedge clippers. Murphy described the film sequence, or de- I'm sorry, he described the sequence as a mini mystery and stated, "By the time you see the ninth episode of the season, every image in that title sequence will be explained." Um, so. The the first season, as I kind of said a little bit ago, had like the critical responses to it were quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it received positive rec- reviews from critics and fans alike. 
The first episode scored a 62 out of 100 on Metacritic based on 30 reviews and has a 72% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes um, with an average rating of 6.59 out of 10. Um, and yeah, it's, I'm looking at some of the metrics for it here, but, um, yeah, there, it, it, holy shit. Yeah. We're not going to do that. <laughs> I was going to say, before we dive into the episodes, it's talking about all the things that it was nominated for. And it's a lot. Yeah. So I would think so. And, well, I mean, it's such a different idea. Even before I knew uh-huh. it was an anthology series and each season would be different. Right. Especially for the time. I mean, there was Walking Dead. I'm pretty sure it was out by now and stuff. You know, TV horror was becoming a thing again, but it's pretty graphic and brutal and something where it's like, I'm surprised they got away with as much as they did on TV. Right. Yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree completely. Um, So... I'll, and I'll just read off some of like some of the ones that um, they won, and um, some of the key like nominations. So in 2011, it it did win IGN's Best of 2011 TV for Best Sci-Fi Horror Series, and it won Best TV Series and Special Achievement Award, Outstanding Performance in a TV Series, um, and that was for Jessica Lang. Um, for the Satellite Awards, it, um, Jessica Lang won the Screen Actors Guild Award, 18th for that. Um, it won TV Drama of the Year. It won the Bram Stoker Award in 2011 for Best Screenplay. Nice. Um, that year, what was it? Jessica Lang uh, was nominated for Best Actress on TV. Dylan McDermott was nominated for Best Actor on TV. And then um, Francis Conroy was uh, nominated as Best Guest Performer. Oh, no, Supporting Actress and Zachary Quinto, or Quinto, was nominated as Best Guest Performer on TV. Um, like, there are so, so many. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Well, that's the thing. I mean, visual. it's such a quality show, and everyone they get is so good. I, it's no wonder mm-hmm. they reuse them. I I was wondering how expensive this show is, though. I mean, they have to completely rehaul uh, every year. Right. Um, let me see if I can uh, find if there's like a, like a budget. Yeah. Because, I mean, while you look for that, yeah. I'll talk a little bit. Uh, oh, you know, it I found it. Oh, you found it? Yeah, but you go ahead. Well, your typical show, I mean, any average sitcom, you build two, three sets... And those are the places that you go all of the time. Every once in a while, you mm-hmm. venture out of that. But once you have those sets, that's it. And you just go. Right. This, it's like mounting a film production every year. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, because see, the thing that it was, it's bringing up different seasons. So, it... We're going to say that the average budget, it doesn't really give us anything before season five. True. On here, but it does say that season five was, uh, and it's got five through nine. So five was 39 million, then 33, then 31. Um, 
hold on here. So yeah, it was Hotel had 39 million, Roanoke had 33, Colt had 31, Apocalypse had 37, and 1984 had 43 million. So in the 30s to 40s, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Low 30s to mid 40s. Yeah, 40s. That's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, Um, it is essentially a film budget. It's not, you know, big blockbuster film budget, but it's your typical indie movie budget. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, each, yeah, the quality of each episode at the same time, though, is like, it, it is, you know, movie production esque like it like a lot of tv shows will look like tv shows but these they all feel like you know little movies Mm -hmm. um just really well done so now we will dive into the episodes okay um so episode one is tight it's the pilot and the Harmon family moves from boston to la after the miscarriage and the father's um infidelity so um the daughter, Violet, starts at a new school, only to be terrorized by a group of girls. The family deals with intrusive neighbors, Constance and her daughter, Addie, who has Down syndrome, along with Larry, a previous homeowner who uh, set fire to his entire family. Larry's face is severely scarred. Ben, a psychiatrist, sees patients out of his home, one of them possibly a psychotic boy named Tate, who became friends with Violet. Vivian rehires the former housekeeper, an elderly Mora, who appears to Ben as a young, seductive maid. Uh, ben and Vivian eventually have sex after once after a fight, and then later, while she thinks she, uh, he is dressed up in a bondage suit, she later tells Ben that she's pregnant. And so, what were your thoughts or takeaway from the first episode, if you can really remember anything from that? Um, you know, it, just kind of little things. I, I've seen this season a couple of times because it's my favorite and it's Same. the only one I own. But watching mm-hmm. it again, it was surprising how bitchy the students were to Violet. Like oh, right, right off the, the bat. <laughs> yeah, and see, that was the thing too. Because like, I, I, we didn't take notes individually for each episode. Yeah. But I did end up taking notes for the first episode. And the things that I wrote down were the boys were kind of over the top for me, like just shitty teen, just little shitty preteen boys, like um, running around with baseball bats, saying I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, it reminded me um, of the redheaded kid in uh, Christmas Story, where you just immediately <laughs> want to punch him in the face. Zach Ward follows sure. me on Twitter. Not oh. a weird flex. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. the other, yeah, the other thing was um, so. The, the, I stopped taking notes, but two things that I noticed, and it might be because they're dead, but those boys have an endless supply of a supply of poppets when they're mm-hmm. just walking through the house and just kept throwing them. And dude, given what Vivian went through with losing the baby and the husband cheating and all that kind of business, she's incredibly um, forgiving and weirdly calm like she doesn't really lose her shit on him too much but it's like i know that like if that happened with me and my wife well one that we wouldn't have moved to a a new location to try to salvage anything that would have been the end of that but like yeah he you know she's pretty lenient on how he is and i mean granted she does kind of like 
distance herself and kind of shut him out. But like, it's just all things considered, I could see that going much, much worse. Oh, 100%. 100%. (laughs) And we see it go much, Um, much worse later on in the show. Well, yeah. Um, That's one of the good things. It does at least progress. So, episode two is titled Home Invasion. Um, After meeting with a new patient, Bianca, Ben receives a a call from his ex-mistress, Hayden, who tells him she's pregnant and needs his support for an abortion. Ben lies to Vivian to resolve his past... And then a trio of serial killer enthusiasts, led by Bianca, break into the house to reenact the brutal murders of the two missing nursing students, or I'm sorry, uh, two nursing students that occurred in the house in 1968. Vivian and Violet are the intended victims, but they escape their captors who become lost in the house. Tate and the ghosts of the house... Uh, dispatched the intruders upon hearing what happened Ben leaves Hayden at the clinic and rushes home Vivian tells him that they're selling the house um, so yeah this one this was a good episode because it really mm. does kind of give you some like Manson-esque vibes that's what I was going to say like, yeah yeah it's very much um, like the strangers and Manson family mm-hmm. and right with well, and that's the thing too, because I do remember from this episode when with Vivian talking about you know like if you lie to me again, it's over. And here he is. I think that was in the episode, and here he is lying to her again, or maybe it was after he got back. But like, yeah, this um, there's not a lot to talk about for this episode, but a lot happens in it. Like, yeah, you, well, like, I mean, your you your find... description more or less covers all the big beats, but it right it's when things really start to because the first episode's creepy and weird and you get the rubber man and all that stuff but mm-hmm. this one you start to peel back and see what else has happened in this house and why it is eventually yeah. called the murder house mm-hmm. and then like you kind of like tate is always like you know get him downstairs lead him to the basement where it's like he can move about the house, but it's like either he knows what's down there or he goes down there and kills. That's like, I don't know if it's the only place where he can kill people is downstairs. Because that was the one where, wasn't it this one where, no, that was the first episode where he gets Violet to take that bully downstairs. Yeah, yeah that was girl. the first episode. He's looking for drugs. Yeah. And it's like, well, once she's in the house, you should be able to do whatever, wherever. But, like, even in this one, he's like, you know, get get him downstairs and I'll handle it. And, like, you see him, like, on top of the girl, but then it flashes to, like, this monstrous character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not and, sure. Because huh. that's also, that's not where he, spoilers, kills the uh, gay couple because he kills the no. one in the I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, he well, kills no, he them kills both the in the kitchen. Was... Kind of. So I remember he does kill um let me see if I can get their name. He kills so, Quinto in think... the apple bobbing station. Yeah, he's like breaks his neck. I was just looking to see if I could find what their name was in there. So as Chad his name is Chad, and I don't remember what his uh, husband's name was, but um, so he, it's crazy, because it's saying that he was only in four episodes, but I feel like he was in there a lot more than that. 
Who, Quinto? Uh, quite a bit more. Yeah. Well, they don't even show up until the Halloween episode. True. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because um, I was looking... Because, yeah, so... Yeah, because um, he does. He kills Zachary Quinto's character in the apple bobbing station. That's when he starts to fight his husband and kind of throw him around. Mm-hmm. And then he... Yeah, and he pokers him the in the kitchen, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, gets him in the, the back door there. But then he ends up falling down the stairs. Right. I remember that. Um, and that's where when he lands on the ground, you can kind of see that his pants were kind of pulled down in the back and um, there was blood and all that. Um, so episode number three is called Murder House. Um, and the Harmon's finances take a blow, making moving impractical because after the home invasion, she's like, I want out. She's like, get an apartment, whatever. I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, Hayden surprises Ben by appearing at his doorstep. She is keeping the baby, moving closer to him and determined to continue their affair. Vivian learns about the house's original owners, a crazed surgeon, Charles Montgomery, and his wife, Nora, who provided illegal abortions in their basement until their bitter marriage ended in murder. After spotting blood, Vivian is told by her doctor that the baby is fine, and Ben uh, uh, Ben passes out, and the doctor informs him that he found traces of an opiate that caused his memory loss. Ben confronts Moira, who has been trying to seduce him, about poisoning his coffee with the opiate. And she's, I remember when she's like, she's walking upstairs, she's like, prove it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Hayden shows up again, frantic that Ben has ignored her. As he takes her outside to calm her down, Larry kills her with a shovel to the head. Like three to help times. Ben, who be- yeah, to, who becomes distraught. Larry convinces him that getting rid of the body is the best option. Larry digs a hole, discovering Moira's remains, but buries Hayden over them. Constance tells Mora that she's now stuck in the house forever, which I felt so bad for Mora too, because she's just like, like the whole origin of like when you start to find out what happened to her. Yeah, I mean, she is that, just, the total like, victim imagine, in this whole thing. Yeah, she doesn't deserve any of it. So she, I do wonder why find, her character ages. Maybe I know she can change her appearance to suit you know her mm-hmm. needs. Right. But it seems like her default I, is the older woman, which I was surprised. Which is, yeah, which is weird because when she was killed, she was the younger version. Yeah, I don't know. I would assume maybe old. that's just part of her thing. And the older version is yeah. to keep the wife appeased. Mm-hmm. Because if she's walking around like she looked when she was younger, you know, she probably never would have hired her in the first place. No, she wouldn't have, given, uh, especially with Ben's infidelities. Yeah. Um, so, episode four. Oh, yeah, and that's... So, yeah, because... Um, and that's when Ben builds a gazebo in the backyard over mm-hmm. the bodies, which must be nice to just, like, hey, I'm going to build a gazebo in the backyard one day. Like, just right. to be able to... <laughs> like, you know, my, my hat's off to all all the handy handy people out there that can just go out and do that. Like I, like with remodeling my kitchen, like I'm handy, but I'm not that handy. Like I had yeah, to hire I'm a step below that. Like I, it's borderline pathetic. Well, I mean, like 
I'm sure I could do it. I just never have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to, out out in the day, one day, let's just build a gazebo. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have done it by now. Sure. Um, episode four is called Halloween Part One. Uh, the Harmons hire interior decorators to make the house over for the. Um, sorry, to make over the house to help sell it. Make uh, mistaking the arrivals of Chad and his partner Patrick as the designers. Um, unknown to the Harmons, the couple are the former owners who were killed by the rubber man in the house one year ago. Violet demands Tate to tell her what is in the basement. Tate says it is the still living abomination created. Oh, that's what it was by Dr. Montgomery driven insane, trying to bring his dismembered child back to life by sewing the pieces together with various animal parts. <laughs> Cause that'll do it. Yeah, well, it um, worked. Vi- <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure it did. Um, Vivian confronts Ben about phone calls from Hayden, who swears that Hayden is gone. The baby begins kicking an impossibility at eight weeks. At the hospital, an ultrasound reveals that the baby is far more developed than it should be. The ultrasound technician collapses after seeing the baby on screen. While trick-or-treating, Addie is fatally hit by a car and Constance attempts to get her to the Harmon's lawn before she dies but fails. Violet is alone in the house when Larry arrives. The rubber man is behind her. The Harmons return from the hospital to find the house was broken into and Violet is missing. Ben answers a knock at the door, finding Hayden's ghost standing there covered in dirt. Like, ah! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> like, that. talk about backfire, right? Yeah. But, see, I guess the one thing that I'm curious about is, the, like, it'd be nice to know what the exact timeline was. Like, and I'm sure it tells you, and like it, it goes like by dates and tells you what's going on, this and that. And but so, um, Constance is not a ghost, right? Or is she? I don't th- because she lives in her own house next door, so she's not necessarily attached to the murder house like everybody else, right? But like. I think that I don't think that she is, and I think, but she knows about the house, and I think that's why she was trying to get Addie to the lawn before she. Oh yeah, she definitely knows about the house. I don't. Yeah. I don't think she is, and I also thought Addie was at first because I couldn't remember the date that she lured the uh, redheads in, and I thought it was much earlier than it Hmm. probably was. Yeah, if I ever watch it again, I'll try to see if I can timeline it out a little bit better. Yeah, but then um, as the season went on, I was like, oh, okay, well, Addie obviously wasn't dead then because she is now. And she was trying to get right. her to the lawn to keep her, you know, spirit alive. Right, and I, I think that, yeah, I don't think she's a ghost either now that I think about it. Because, like, when they show her backstory um, when her husband was trying to bang the maid who was mm-hmm. Moira... And then she shoots her in the eye before even knowing what actually happened. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think that, like, that might have been, like, what, in the 90s? Maybe 20 years uh, Yeah, I think so. And then they show that, spoiler, she was dating a burn face guy, and he's not a spirit, and he's still around. So, I mean, the timeline's well, uh, got to match up a little bit there. 
Right. So Larry. Oh yeah, Larry. So Larry wasn't a ghost. No. Okay. Well, because he wanders around and he ends up. Uh, oh shit! You know, that's right. He's following him around the park and all that kind of stuff. I yeah. got gotcha. you. You're right. Which made me wonder because um, in this one Tate leaves and they go to the beach and then they run into the the high school kids. And I was thinking, like, how did Tate leave if he died in the house? And then I realized that the rules of Halloween are they can roam around free away from yeah, the house. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's 100% true. Um, so episode five is titled Halloween Part Two. Uh, the rubber man disappears and Tate appears. He and Violet go on their first date to the beach, and Tate tells her high school was terrible for him. Five mangled, bloody teens appear and harass Tate, prompting the couple to leave. Ben tells, or Vivian tells Ben that Hayden is in the house. Ben finds her in the basement, but Larry knocks him out with the shovel and ties him up. Nora frees him, urging him to save his child. Hayden appears to Vivian. Um, and both are shocked to learn that the other is pregnant with Ben's child. Hayden attacks her, but is stopped by Ben, who is forced to admit that he impregnated um, Hayden months after Vivian discovered the affair. Um, Hayden, or afterwards, Hayden is arrested. Um, the teens find uh, Tate and Violet, but Tate protects Violet by making them chase him. Constance takes Violet to her house revealing that Addie is dead and that Tate is her son. The teens are revealed to be ghosts from various cliques of Westfield High School who were killed when Tate committed a school shooting in 1994. The, uh, the ghosts angrily demand to know why he killed them and that, he, and that he admit what he did, but Tate cannot remember anything about them. Two of the ghosts, one being a football player and the other a cheerleader, asked why he targeted jocks, which is probably a reference to the Columbine Massacre. Um, when ha with Halloween night ending, the teens depart. The other, um, the other ghosts, including Maura, Chad, Patrick, and Nora, warily return to the house. Ben packs and sadly leaves the house because he's kicked out. She's like, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty dense episode. But yeah, that one was crazy. Like, I didn't even think about, you know, the veil of the spirit world being thinnest on Halloween and all that kind of stuff, but it makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, and they they and mentioned it, was... and I just kind of forgot about it later on. Because it was going right, to be my dumbest it's... moment, because they talk about how the spirits can't leave the house. And I was like, well, that's not right, because he did. But then I remembered yeah. the Halloween thing. I was like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> They're yeah. smarter than me. Um, well, and that's a—I mean—that's a, a common trope used um, in all sorts of things, though. Oh yeah. Um. So. Uh, but that episode was super dark, like with like showing what actually happened during the school shooting and like. What I was going to say is this the, the episode where they actually show it, or is it the next it one? It might not be. Um, but it's—it is we'll, dark. We'll just... it, it's probably. I mean, there's some really gross, creepy crap that happens in this show, but that's the one, especially since it just, we've seen it happen, and happen a lot, and so yeah, it just kind of exactly. has that element of reality to it that makes it creepy. Uh -huh. Well, that's, yeah, exactly, that's what makes it scary, because, I mean, everything else, you know, scary or not, 
aside, like the school shooting, that's uh that's probably yeah, the heaviest. Um so episode number six is titled Piggy Piggy. Um so and I think this is no that poor man. <laughs> which uh which one? The piggy piggy guy. He just gets so screwed. <laughs> oh shit, that's with that uh, I don't remember his name, but the guy from uh, Modern I'm sure Family. I'm sure you'll say it soon. Um, so after Violet confirms online that Tate was shot in his bedroom by a SWAT team after his massacre at Westfield High, Constance introduces her to a medium, Billy Dean, uh, and she and Constance explain that Tate is unaware he is dead. Constance has been sending him to Ben, hoping. A breakthrough will help him pass on, and they need Violet's help. Though Violet is shaken by the revelation, Ben needs to use the house for his therapy sessions to make them money, and Vivian agrees out of necessity. Ben sees a new patient, Derek, who is terrified by urban legends, mostly, and most recently, the legend of Piggy Man, who will slaughter anyone who repeats a specific mantra in the mirror. Ben begins noticing that Vivian has developed an attraction to the security officer. Vivian contacts the ultrasound technician who fainted during the ultrasound and has since quit her job, claiming she saw that the baby was the Antichrist. Taking Ben's Ben's advice to face his fears, uh, Derek repeats the mantra in the bathroom uh, mirror drunkenly, but is ironically shot and killed by an armed robber. Violet tries to confront Tate, but is mobbed by the other ghosts. Overwhelming, overwhelmed, she attempts suicide, but Tate saves her. Tate tearfully confesses that he loves her. He plans to leave her alone, but she uh, comforts him. So, um, yeah, dude, that that was probably one of the craziest things of the episode for me was the fact that that guy finally went into the bathroom, um, even though he had some liquid courage. He mm-hmm. went to go do his thing and gets shot and killed by a guy standing in the shower. He was just robbing the house. He just happens to be yeah. there at the time. Yep. Yeah, yeah and, he's, and the guy, the guy's like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, this is supposed to just be a robbery. And he's like, it almost sounded like he was offended because wasn't he wearing a pig mask, I believe? Or no. something while standing He in- was just a big guy. And he was, I oh, think... Okay. He assumed that he knew he was there and was calling him fat. Mm-hmm. Well, you oh, know, because okay. I mean, the mantra—it's essentially bloody, bloody Mary, but you say "here, piggy, piggy" three times, right? Or and classic hearing that, man. the the burglar was like, "Well, screw you then," and shoots him. Yeah, you're gonna call me fat, yeah. motherfucker. Um, and we'll circle around back to the episode. Uh, uh, we'll circle back around to the end of this episode where she attempts suicide and is saved by Tate. Um, Episode 7 is called Open House. In 1994, Larry, in love with Constance, Mercy kills her deformed son, Bo, who lives chained in the attic. At Constance's request, upon learning that Bo would be taken away from her due to her neglectful parenting. In the present... Violet takes solace in Tate, who says he is aware of the other ghosts and that they will not harm her if she tells them to leave her alone. She shows her old photograph. Uh, he shows her 
old photographs he found in the house and the Montgomery's, Vivian learns she is pregnant with twins, resolved to be upfront with the prospective buyers about the house's past. She learns of the Montgomery's and that Charles revi um, revived their son into a monster, causing Nora to go insane and killed him and herself. Ben finds Larry's home and confronts him, learning that Larry wants the house so that he can be with Constance, which is weird. <laughs> Constance is kind of a biatch and crazy. Well, the, the reason why I say that, though, is because it's like, is she attached to the house but can live next door? Like, I don't get it. Like, he he wants the house so he can be with her, but she's not a ghost. Right. Yeah, um, that doesn't... Re well, I, I mean, she always wanted the house. Right. And I think it's because her son is there, would be my guess. Because right. he died in the house. So the only way to truly be mm. with him again is to, to have the house. Okay. Um, I'm so I was just kind of looking, looking up, and there's some theories on Reddit. Um... Because on Reddit, saying that she's the only character to have survived her retrospective season, though she later dies during the events of Apocalypse. Spoilers. Um, but then it says, with her dreams of motherhood shattered, Constance returned to the murder house and committed suicide by overdose. So that happened later. Yeah. She then became a spirit of the house and reunited with her children, Tate, Bo, and the eyeless girl, Rose. So, episode number eight is called, um, oh no, wait, we skipped over open house, sorry. You did open house. Um, uh, learning that the, oh, I didn't finish it. So, Violet shares the photos of the Montgomery's with Vivian, who is shocked to find that she recognizes Nora as one of the interested buyers from episode three. Hmm. Uh, and... Honestly, I don't really have a whole like a whole lot off of that episode, even though it was. Oh, it looks like it's the second highest, third highest um, viewed episode of the season. Hmm. Um, yeah, because it shows viewers by um, millions, and Open House had three point zero six. Um, the pilot had 3.18, and then the finale had 3.22. Um, so, episode 8 is titled Rubber Man. Tate is revealed to be the Rubber Man, attempting to provide the distraught Nora with a baby. The outfit is a fetish suit that Chad had bought in hopes of reigniting him and Patrick's failing relationship. Tate donned the suit and killed Patrick and Chad after they decided not to have a baby, hoping that a new family would move in and have a child, which Nora could then have. In the present, Hayden conspires with Nora to drive Vivian insane so that she can have their twins, or her twins. Vivian and Violet are confronted by the ghostly house intruders from episode 2. Ben believes that Vivian is mentally unstable because the police found no evidence of the intruder's presence and Violet lied about what she saw. He prohibits Vivian from leaving, believing that she is trying to take Violet and the twins away from him. Vivian steals Marcy's handgun for protection. Hayden convinces Tate as the rubber man to attack Vivian, 
revealing that Tate fathered uh, one of um, one of Vivian's twins. During the attack, Vivian accidentally shoots Ben, who is convinced that she is a danger to herself and others. Vivian's reaction to another poltergeist, poltergeist results in the police taking her away. The full scene of Chad and Patrick's murder is shown in this episode, and it is revealed after Tate immobilized them. Moira gave Tate the couple's gun, which Tate used to make the scene look like a murder-suicide. Pretty heavy episode <laughs> yeah. with a lot going on in there. Well, just, I mean, the the couple's relationship disintegrating and seeing that and then the reveal that it's Tate in the suit. I, I had forgotten. I was thinking it was uh, Quinto. Yeah, I, I had too. And for some reason, I, I, I really did. I thought it was him. But see, the thing, like, it had been so long since I'd seen this. I'd probably yeah. say like a good seven, eight years or whenever it made its way to Netflix that um, I forgot all the twists. Yeah, I did too. And that so, was one of the things because my wife and I started watching the show together at a certain point and like every episode was mm-hmm. like, as things are happening, I remember it, but I have no idea what's coming Right. Yep, same here. Um, I know my wife was going to watch it with me too, but then as it's we like got closer to what our record date was going to be i'm like i just have to just get Push it through. done and then last w- right and then last week i was like oh man shit it's you know i got i gotta watch eight episodes by tomorrow <laughs> and then i'm like oh wait today's tuesday we're not recording today and then thursday just didn't work because oh it was this week never mind i don't even yeah. know what day it is <laughs> um, it's fine it's been a long so, week it really has um so episode number nine is called spooky little girl um the events of the famous 1940s black dahlia case are shown a dentist raped elizabeth short while she was under anesthesia only to find um only to find he administered too much and she had died the ghost of charles montgomery disappeared uh, dismembers her corpse in the present, Elizabeth's ghost appears to Ben, seeking his psychiatric help. Ben receives a call from Vivian's OBGYN, telling him that Vivian's, tem, uh, Vivian's twins have separate fathers, him and someone else. He accuses her of hypocritically cheating on him. Hayden tells him that she saw Vivian and Luke, the security guard, growing closer. Ben confronts Luke about the possible uh, paternity and learns that Luke is sterile. Mm-hmm. Um, Constance and Travis get into a domestic dispute. Travis has sex with Hayden in the Harmon's house and she kills him. And Larry, who owes her a favor, takes Travis's body and dumps it out in public in the Black Dahlia tradition. Well, were you going to say something? Uh, that one caught me by surprise. I forgot about that one. Oh, about the about Travis Travis and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I lost my place. Sorry. Speaky little girl. Um. No, you're good. Uh. Ben finds the rubber man's mask and realizes the possibility that Vivian had been raped. Constance is told by Mora that Tate is the other father. She asks Billy Dean what would happen if if a ghost sires a living child. The medium tells her of the Pope's knowledge of such events as the beginning of the apocalypse by the Antichrist. 
<laughs> I hate um, when that happens. Right. Um, I was I a little torn the, on this one when they tied it to the Black Dahlia. Which I was actually stoked. Like, I was, I was kind of stoked about it. Like, it kind of... It didn't necessarily need to be there, but, yeah. you know, once it was there, I was like, oh, this is super cool. Like, it added a bit of... Um, it almost kind of, like, places it in the real world, you know? I wouldn't say adds a little bit of, like... Validation. Realism to it, but, yeah, validation. Yeah, that's, that's kind of um, where I landed, too. When I first saw it again, again, I'd forgotten that they had done that, and I was like, really? That's okay, like... One, it's yet yeah, another kinda, murder, because holy crap, how many things can happen in this one damn house. But, right. and then to tie it to that, but I, eventually I landed it. Yeah, it kind of makes it like, I mean, it's still one of those unsolved cases in real life where they still don't know who did it and why. And right. it's like, okay, well, this is a possibility that also ties it into the mythology of this house that they've created. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Even though we kind of landed on opposite sides of the coin with it, like, it was still one of my, my favorite twists, yeah. I guess. Um, so, episode number 10 is called Smoldering Children. Um, it is revealed that Tate caused Larry scars by setting him on fire on the morning of the school shooting. That was Constance brutal. is told... Right. <laughs> Constance is told by police of Travis's murder and her behavior causes them to suspect she uh, suspect her as his killer. Ben learns that Violet has not been seen in school in over two weeks and notices a blow a blowfly infestation in the house. Um, ben calls an exterminator to deal with the infestation, which results in Tate killing the exterminator while he investigates the crawl space beneath the house. Ben and Violet argue about her school attendance, which ultimately ends in her reluctant agreement to return on the condition that she changes schools. Ben checks out of uh, checks out boarding schools for Violet, and upon hearing this, Tate takes measures to keep her around, ending in showing Violet her own corpse in the house's crawl space. Violet had actually died from her suicide attempt in episode six, despite Tate's attempts to save her. In an act of penance for his own crimes, Larry confesses to the murder of Travis after meeting the ghosts of his wife and two daughters for the first time. Ben learns that Tate is the rubber man and um, the other one who got Vivian pregnant. So, like, actual twists aside, this is probably, you know, obviously the big shocker. Like, oh shit, you know, Vivian, not Vivian, sorry, Violet's been dead for four episodes now. And yeah. you just it's one of those things that makes you go, oh, shit, now I have to rewatch this knowing that to see if I can tell. Yeah, yeah I didn't think about that either. But, like, if I would have remembered originally watching this, that's probably what I would have done. Been like, oh, yeah. okay. Well, again, um, I mean, it's it's nice not having watched this in so long because it almost felt like watching it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like there were some, like I, I remembered some things, but I, it had been so long that I, I really didn't remember. I'd say not even a quarter of it. Mm -hmm. Um, episode number eleven is called Birth. 
Ben goes to pick up Vivian at the sanitarium, intent on taking Violet with him. However, Violet, being a ghost, is trapped on the property. He takes Vivian home to pick up Violet as Vivian insists on going to her sister's house in Florida. While waiting in the car, Vivian begins to have labor pains. Violet tries to explain to her father that she is dead. Constance bitch, <laughs> brings <laughs> Violet, or Vivian into the house and goes to get help to assist him in the delivery. The ghost, Dr. Charles Montgomery and the 1968 nurses. As Vivian goes into labor, Chad tells Violet that Tate was the one who sired uh, one of the uh, twins. Vivian has a great difficulty giving birth to the babies, losing one to stillbirth while the other causes her to bleed internally. Violet appears to comfort her mother and asks her to come be with her. Vivian dies and confronts Tate. Oh, Vivian dies and Violet confronts Tate, telling him she loves him, but she can never forgive him. Tate begs for the forgiveness. Uh, she screams for him to go away, and he does. Vivian appears and comforts her daughter in the afterlife. It's Another heavy episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it really is, because it's like, you know, Tate Tate's a monster mm-hmm. and does a lot of fucking bad things in this show, but, like, it falls under this thing where, like, he acts like he doesn't remember all the bad things he's done, but then he's like, I'm the rubber man. Like, I love you and I'm sorry for everything that happened, but um, let's see. I'm going to rape your mom and impregnate her. Like, well, that's the, the thing. Fuck, and then <laughs> later, I mean, in the next episode, Ben, you know, is like, you're a sociopath. So all this sadness that you're showing me right now, I know it's bullshit. And just yeah. be honest with me for a change. And it's like, okay. Obviously, that is part of who he is because of how what he did before he died. Right. But I honest, I don't think he actually remembers what he did. So mm-hmm. there's a part of him. Well, I that's, don't think he does either. Yeah, there's a part of him that's sad and scared and like I don't know what I did. It was something bad. But you know his tendencies still come out, and he, you know, killed Quinto and his husband, and you know did all of yeah. these horrible things. Yeah, it's, um, okay, well, um, I literally was about to have a thought and I just completely spaced it, but yeah. Fair enough. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so, do, 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 do. Last episode? Yeah, well, I'm just, like, I remember in that episode, too, when she's about to go, she's having the labor pains and then Constance is like, just being skeezy, just dragging her up to the house. She's like, you know, we're going to have this baby born here regardless of what you, you want to happen. Cause it's like, well, that's what, what I was thinking getting- that as you were saying it, like sh- immediately after, especially when we get into the next episode, she's like, get the baby out of the house, get it out of the house. It's safer here. Mm. It, it almost seems like a mistake where Constance should have been saying, let's go to my house. And, uh, what's her face should have been saying no the the house is closer but that also wouldn't have made sense because mm-hmm. she wanted out of the house too I don't know if it's because yeah. she knew it, that the ghost would help or what I honestly don't know but like everything that Constance does in this series is, is selfishly driven right? and so like she wants the grandbaby 
grandbabies for herself, even though every ghost in this house has a plan for the kid, uh, yeah. the, the twins when they're born. But yeah. As, but because I, I one of them is the Tate's, she wants it. She wants that one. And that's the one that's not stillborn. Right. Um, so uh, diving into the last episode here, it's called Afterbirth. So Ben, feeling alone, contemplates suicide, but the ghosts of Violet and Vivian encourage him to take the living twin and get out of the house. During his attempt, he is killed by Hayden and the home invader ghosts hanging from the chandelier. Constance takes the living twin, um, Mora and the other in, um, innocent ghosts help the Harmon ghosts prevent the death of future tenants by scaring away the first family that wants to move in, the, the Ramoses. Uh, Tate, feeling alienated, tries to kill the Ramos' son so Violet won't be alone. She prevents this by distracting Tate. Nora, who wants a child since hers was murdered and turned evil, relinquishes motherhood of the dead Harmon twin to Vivian, um, who asks Mora to be his godmother, or be its godmother. The Harmons and Mora decide uh, they decorate the house for Christmas, while Tate tells Hayden he will wait forever for Violet. Three years later, Constance comes home and sees a trail of blood on the floor, leading to the bedroom of the living Harmon twin. Um, now about three years old and is looking much like Tate. He has murdered his nanny and is sitting in a rocking chair, smiling up at Constance, which was creepy because that Very. face, like he, like he looked like a monster, but not a monster. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like look at the <laughs> like, thing I just did. Isn't it so great? But it's also just yeah. the most horrible thing possible. Right. Um, yeah, that one was sad too. Cause I mean, Ben, for all his, all of his faults, like ends up dying, so mm -hmm. he's now stuck in the house with his family. He basically now they're all together. They just don't have the babies. Um, well, they have one, but yeah, and the whole pranking of the house, like it, it was very it uh, Toy Story esque, like when yeah, Woody and the monster toys scare <laughs> Sid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, essentially, I mean, we didn't, there's a lot that we didn't cover. Yeah. Uh, we it's basically impossible just got in the 13 hours of, of TV to get everything. And we managed to be, we're just barely over an hour as it is right now. So yeah. we. I'm proud of us. Yeah, I'm proud of us too. The only thing that I forgot to cover before we dove into the episode itself, um, we have, we have a few fun, ha uh, fun facts for it um one of them being a spoiler so the, uh, it says uh, the first one this episode uh prom promulgates a long-standing but totally unfounded urban legend that the actor sal moreno played here by james gadioso was killed by a man he tried to pick up for sex in mm. fact the man who confessed to and was tried and convicted for stabbing mineo had been a, a pizza delivery man who killed him while trying to rob him. The actual murderer had no idea who he was, either in short-term sexual encounter sense or in a larger awareness of his celebrity. Also, Mineo was only stabbed once, not the multiple times shown in the episode, hmm. um, though the stab was in the heart. 
Well, that'll do it, you know. Uh, a piece of the score from Bram Stoker's Dracula is heard in an episode. Hmm. Um, the house used in filming is the Rosenheim Mansion. Um, Connie Britton, uh, who played Vivian, and Eric Close, who played Hugo Langdon, have also appeared together in Nashville um, as husband and wife. Um, the uh, And this is a spoiler. So the officer investigating Sally Freeman's, Adina Porter's uh, disappearance later says when she went to a hotel downtown to kill herself. This is a reference to season five set at the Hotel Cortez in downtown L.A. Hmm. Yeah. And so those are fun facts, trivias, if you will, that I have for that. Well, now, see, the thing is, is this is episode three. I want all episodes. Oh, that, no, that's all episodes. Yeah, because it's got... Okay, so, like, this one's episode two. Oh, God, there's fun facts for each episode, but there's not many. Oh, um, I'm sure. <laughs> so, the ones I just read were for season... Or for episode three. So, for season two, the episode twins two? are portrayed... Or, uh, sorry, what? Episode, say episode two. two. No, I meant to say episode one. So, Tate's close... Reset season. Uh, Tate's close... I know. <laughs> um, Tate's clothes on the first meeting with Ben resemble Kurt Cobain's clothes in the Smells Like Teen Spirit video by Nirvana, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Jessica uh, Jessica Lang originally turned down the role of Constance in season one, but finally accepted after Ryan Murphy repeatedly offered her, her the role. Um, the twins are portrayed by identical twins, Bodie and Kai Schultz. Um... There's not a whole lot for each one. So, uh, spoilers. Tate tells Vivian to lure the bully to the house to be scared. And just before the scene cuts, he murmurs helter-skelter, potentially foreshadowing um, American Horror Story, Charles Manson in Charge, 2017. I don't... Okay. Um, I episode, okay. Ep- episode 2. I remember I'm saying helter-skelter. Yeah, I do too. Um, episode episode two, Maria's player, uh, prayer is an act of re- a resignation by Pope St. Pius X. It is a common prayer for Catholics when they prepare for death. During the opening scene from 1968, the soundtrack plays music from the movie Psycho. The 1968 scenes were not filmed on the set, but in the actual mansion. Hmm. The book that Violet um, is reading when her mother brings her the cupcake is The Stranger by Albert Camus. Albert Camus's books were also used as props in Hannibal in 2013. Yes. I've never seen Hannibal, have you? I've heard we uh, should cover it. People people have mentioned that. I watched the first season and really liked it. I haven't watched the last two, though. Okay. Yeah, I, I've had a few people say that we need to watch it, along with Bates Motel was another one that was brought up. That was another one. I watched the first season and kind of lost interest. Okay. Um, so this one's got some decent ones. So this is for episode five of the Halloween. The flashback scene that shows Dr. Charles' son getting kidnapped is an obvious reference to Charles Lindbergh's son getting kidnapped and killed. Sure. Yeah, it's obvious. I didn't think of that. <laughs> I didn't either, but once you say it, it's like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, when Vivian and Ben pull up to the house, as the cam- camera pans over the front yard, two skeletons can be seen posed in a sexual position over a pumpkin. I remember Didn't I saw that. that. <laughs> um, Zachary, Qu- uh, Chad's reference to unleashing his and his partner's inner George and Martha is reference to uh, the quarreling couple in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Um, after Ben and Vivian leave for the hospital, Violet played. Uh, Violet is seen in her room listening to music and reading a manga uh, comic. The, um, that said, manga is Nana. I don't know what that is. Yeah, the shirt Violet wears in the episode has the cover art for the Kinks album in 1984, Word of Mouth. There is mention of a pagan holiday, Samhain, which is the name of the band front, uh, which is the name of the band fronted by Danzig after Misfits. Samhain had a song called Halloween 2, the title of the episode after this one. 23 minutes into the episode, there's a skeleton in a red robe which resembles the Crimson Ghost. Crimson Ghost was the adopted mascot of the Misfits, which had a song called Halloween. Uh, everybody knows the Misfits, though. The piano, uh, the piano tune that plays throughout the episode um, as a familiar resemblance to the theme of the uh, song of the movie Halloween, uh, most likely an um, um, pays homage to the movie since the episode is called that. Um, so spoilers for this one. It says, at the beginning of the episode, Addie tells her mother, Jessica Lang's boyfriend, that she doesn't want to be a ghost and thinks it's sad. This foreshadows her death at the end where she dies on the road and Constance tries to get her to the lawn so she can remain on the property. Um, when meeting Tate for coffee, Ben spots a young girl dressed as a witch and asks Tate if she reminds him of Violet. Violet, um, who is played by Teresa Farmiga, who plays a witch named Zoe in season three of Coven. Um, and that's halfway through. There, oh, that's episode four. There's a there's a bunch of fun facts. I was gonna say, there, if you but... do all twelve, we're gonna be here another hour. <laughs> oh God, I can I can tell when when you get all quiet and and sad. I'll just I'll just save the rest. <laughs> um, I didn't want to so, interrupt. You had a thing going. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it wouldn't have been so bad if I would have had each episode instead of like ready instead of point click back forward click point blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, so we had talked a, about a scorecard. Did you actually do one? Because of I, I did. it was really hard. Okay. Well, you had told me that you were you didn't think you were going to do one, so that's why. Or I feel something like that was your own voice how, in your own head saying, "I don't do scorecards." <laughs> um. Okay, I, I was going to say, I could pull up the message where you're like, how are we going to do this? But that's fine. Um, all right. Talk good. We're so, all friends here. Uh, yeah, we're friends when you can throw some fucking shade my way, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> um, so, all right. Did Let's you do one? Let's go dive into our scorecard. Oh, of course. Okay. Okay, so um, we'll start out with best uh, killer scare. Um I don't, there's a lot of good kills in this one, but mm-hmm. I really do think that I'm going to go with a scare. Okay. And it it was, and this, it may not be the best, but it's the one thing that like really stands out in my mind when I, when I think about it. So when little Tate is looking for his, um, his, uh, tractor and it rolls, mm. uh, it's rolling downstairs and it rolls underneath that table and he goes to get it. 
as it pans in like it in, like goes underneath the chair you can yeah. slowly see the face of um the abomination if you will right it starts to get you know you more light and you can kind of see it and as it jumps like pulls the boy underneath there um i i it's not like it probably isn't like the best but it's the one thing that i liked that like off the top of my head i was like that's a good one yeah see i had What's a tough yours? time with this because there was nothing that really scared me and all the kills mm -hmm. just i mean they're all good in their own way but i ended up begrudgingly seems like a harsh word but i went with tate in the library because it's the one that yeah. was the most disturbing like all yeah. of them well, yeah, as we talked before disturbing. it's so fantastical and crazy that it didn't quite hit but that one mm -hmm. i just it felt uncomfortable to watch yeah it it, it really was um, and I agree with you, man. There wasn't really, like, there wasn't anything that really, like, I wasn't scared by anything of this season, but yeah. I, like, I just liked how they, they kind of showed the face slowly appear in the darkness and then pull the, the kid underneath. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's clever. Um, yeah. so your most wanted, uh, my most wanted to die. I kind of had a hard time with this one. Um, Part of me thinks I know what direction you're going to go with it, but um, I think I'm going to have to go with Constance. She's just she's she's one of the only ones that's actually alive for the entire episode, but she's also she's just a really bad person. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like throughout the entire episode, she's she's scheming and you know she tries to fucking poison and give um, give them. The Epicac brownie. Yeah, the or poison cupcakes, cupcakes that, from for Violet and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, well, mine changed like three times. I had her, and then I had Tate, but I ended up going with Hayden, even though she did obviously actually die in the show. It's like I want right. you to die again because you're yeah. just horrible <laughs> the whole season. I agree. I agree. And see, the thing was, is like. I, and it's kind of like, I almost kind of thought you were going to go with Ben, because Ben might be the worst person of all. <laughs> it's close. It's, because it's, of, it's tough in this season. There's a lot of horrible people, but... Well, given that he, you know, he, he cheated on his wife, but not only once, but he's like, hey, we'll move to Los Angeles for a fresh start, and then goes and actually bangs her again and gets her pregnant. Yeah. And it's like... So, like, she's super clingy and then gets real fucking twisted later on. But, like, he put himself in that position. Like, he yeah. he kept he kept stoking the fire for that. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, it changed us, three times on my list. And it, it could honestly be all three of them and others, too. Yeah. <laughs> I had wondered how many times your list had changed on that one. Um, so, my most wanted to live... Um, this one is also difficult because, uh, like, there's three people that could have lived that shouldn't, who didn't necessarily deserve to die. Mm -hmm. well, obviously, Vivian and Violet, but also Addie. Yeah. And so, I don't know if I could pick one specifically because, like... <sighs> 
Because, I mean, part of me wants to just say Addie because she was just a, she, like, she, her mom sucked. You know, she, she just wanted to be pretty, but she's also a mischievous little yeah. shit, too. So, like, I don't know. Uh, it's a Yeah, she was tortured and those. somewhat abused and didn't deserve what happened to her. Right. And so, what about you? What's yours? I, I went with Violet, but as we were talking about the episodes, I decided to change it to the Piggy Man guy. Because oh. <laughs> he oh, just got obscure. screwed. <laughs> he really as soon did. as I remembered f- that part of this episode, I was like, that poor guy was just trying that to live. <laughs> and he was, he was afraid of the Piggy Man. Yeah. I get it. Um, So, the grossest moment that I have... Shit, I don't know. There wasn't really anything super gross in this season. I went with uh, the ghost students. Yeah. Because, I mean, you saw all the other ones that had died. Like, you couldn't even tell all the wounds were, uh-huh. you know, could be oh, hidden yeah, and concealed. And you didn't the, even know the they mangled- were dead. But, like, the guy that had his jaw missing. Yeah, the mangled face. Yeah, that was pretty rough. Yeah. Um, so, with there being a dumbest moment, man, like, like, I don't have one. <laughs> I don't have one either. It's really hard to. It's a, to it was just one. a well crafted show. Like I said, I almost had Tate going to the beach, but then I remembered the Halloween rule, and I was like, well, I just don't have one. Yeah. So our so um, what we decided on for our special category this episode would be. Favorite ghost backstory, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I went with the Elizabeth Short just because of the real, like with it being real and being unsolved, and then them kind of giving you their take on what happened with the Black Dahlia and all that. That that was mine. Fair enough. I went sure. with the uh, Franken Baby. Franken Baby. <laughs> <laughs> It was the most disturbing to me, and it was one another mm-hmm. one that I didn't really remember until it was happening. <laughs> until it was too late? <laughs> yeah. And it was just, I, I don't know, it, it stood out more than all of the others. Yeah. Um, if I were to have a backup, though, I really did like um, Chad and Patrick's backstory. It was, like, because... And the reason for that is, like, you kind of feel bad for, like, because Chad really does kind of play the victim in it, and then mm-hmm. Patrick just looks like an asshole. But, like, their their backstory had probably some of the most light shined on it, but it was also there was so much going on where, like, I don't know. It's just him Yeah, they're both kind the of tragic in their own ways. Right. And so that's... And now they're uh, stuck together even though they hate each other. <laughs> right um so that there is american horror story murder house in a nutshell indeed help i'm in a nutshell um <laughs> anything else you want to shed light on before we get out of here today i don't think so all right so before we dive into the social medias we have already posted online what our schedule for um our october 
our our run to Halloween or race to Halloween, whatever mm-hmm. we were talking about last time. I think um, you said October Blitz or something like that. Well, I see. Yeah, I said that, but like I did like the the race to Halloween or the the run to Halloween, whatever. Um, so we've uh, we posted everything already, but just in case you didn't see it on the social medias, what? Um, go ahead and let us know what your next pick is, Justin, which we'll be dropping in a week. Yeah, uh, super excited for this one. Always excited for this every year. It's become a tradition of mine to uh, watch the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode. Um, and so for this, I think on the last episode, I said I was going to do the first three episodes of Treehouse mm-hmm. of Horror. And I decided for time's sake and the idea of actually getting to the end of this one day, even though it'll still take forever, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the first four. So Trios have Hell, you could even do the you could even do the first five if you want to really get through it. I could, but I mean that's fifteen segments to hammer through. So this gives us twelve. <laughs> it's essentially like yeah. what we just did, but much shorter segments. Right, right, right. And less to go through. So it's yeah. It's a decent enough compromise. And too. if people want more next year, I can do more next year. Um, but Fair we're going to cover the first four, which goes all the way to one of my personal favorites, which is Devil Flanders. And see, the thing is, The Simpsons is more your vibe. Like, I, I love The Simpsons, and I've watched a lot of it, but, like, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of The Treehouse of Horrors because uh, I never really watched The Simpsons, like, religiously yeah. um, like I did with South Park or Fair Family enough. Guy for a long time. Um, yeah, it's it's the only Simpsons I watch now. It, on, yeah. on a yearly basis like i don't watch the rest of the season i just tune in for trias of horror and that's it and then i'll watch yeah, the old know. you know first 15 seasons when i want to watch the show regularly yeah my wife was uh she put on treehouse of horror yesterday for the kids in the living room and i walked in there and it was the intro where it looked like the monsters and i don't oh, remember nice. which episode it was <laughs> but like i was like god this makes me want to watch the monsters because i loved watching that show as a kid I never watched it. Uh, good old, good old black and white fun. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're all available yeah, so, on uh, Disney Plus right now. They have a Halloween section where you can go to that particular part and watch all the Trias of Horrors in a row, which they yep, uploaded right after I had finished going season by season, having to scroll through. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, when I do it again in a couple weeks, <laughs> it'll be easier. I for I thought me. you said you wouldn't. You didn't you even go and buy all the episodes too? Yeah, before Disney Plus existed, uh, I bought all of the episodes for like two bucks a piece on Vudu. You're like, son of a bitch! A little, oh. but you know, if I ever end up not having access to Disney Plus, well, I have a backup. Um, didn't they do a different um, like TV resolution, screen resolution on Disney Plus opposed to the actual episodes? Like they're more. Yeah, the aspect ratio was than- different, but they fixed it. Oh, okay, cool. I was going to say, because I haven't actually watched them, but that was one of the things I was worried about. Um, So, yeah, until next week when we dive into Treehouse of Horror, um, you can find us, as Justin mentioned earlier, you can find us on Facebook. Um, We have our uh, page over there, the uh, Pod and Gore podcast, as well as the Pod and Gore podcast group. Um, We got a page in a group. You can hang out with us there. we're on Instagram and Twitter at gore underscore pod. If you don't do social media, we get it. You can email us at podandgore at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
Yeah, and um, if there's, we, uh, are, we have our October booked as far as what we're doing, but November is still open. So if there's something that you want us to cover sooner than later, let us know and we will get to it. Yeah. Um, and that's not to ignore some of the requests that we have out there, but I just, I know Justin's not in a hurry to do Hellraiser. So, True. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you can, you can find us on the slasher app. If you have it, it's awesome. It's like Facebook, but specifically for horror movies. It's a lot of fun. Uh, hit us up over there. Um, you do, 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 What else was there? Um, yeah, that's pretty much yeah, it. I, was say, um, I think that's all of them. Yeah, hit us up. Uh, we'd love to talk. Um, Facebook's pretty active. Called- we post funny pictures and random questions mm-hmm. fairly often. Yeah. So. Yeah, one of us will always see it. Um, I J- Justin does a lot of the posting of memes and and funny pictures. I do a lot of the commenting and um, I don't know. Do you ever comment on things on there, or is that is that just me? It's mostly you. Every once in a while, I might, but okay. just depends on what. Yeah, it is. but regardless, one of us is always on there, or we'll, yeah. we'll see it fairly quickly, and we'll get back to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, until next time when we we come out with some Treehouse of Horror, uh, I've been your host, Brandon. And I've been Justin. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.